28. The 28th verse of John 19. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. So far, Christ knew how to fulfill the Scriptures by expressing his thirst. Christ knew how to fulfill the Scriptures by expressing his thirst. Three thoughts. Christ knew all things. Then Jesus, therefore, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things are now accomplished, Secondly, Christ fulfilled the Scriptures, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. And in the third place, Christ expressed his thirst. He saith, I thirst. Christ knew how to fulfill the Scriptures by expressing his thirst. Christ knew all things. Christ fulfilled the Scriptures. And Christ expressed his thirst. Congregation, you remember the first word on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's about them and they, right? We know the same word. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. To that thief on the cross, thou. And we remember also the third, woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. And we know the fourth one we talked about last week. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So in all those four previous verses on the cross, there's a they, a thou, a them. Even in that, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But in this word, it is so bare. It's all about how the Lord Jesus feels himself. I thirst. What a depth. What an unimaginable depth. That, that, that suffering, that humanity, that humanity, humbling himself and crying out, I thirst, nothing about them and they and the Father even. I thirst. After this, after the Lord Jesus had spoken those words on the cross, he now spoke this word. He was forsaken. He felt forsaken. He felt abandoned by his father. And after this, Jesus knowing 
that all things are not accomplished. Knowing Christ knew all things. What was happening was not a surprise at all. He knew exactly what was happening. He was not unconscious. He was alive on the cross. And he was conscious of the next step that he was going to take. He had taken some steps before, but he was not finished yet. After this, Jesus, knowing, did something more and said something more. So it is after this and then that and something else. And in the right sequence, after this, knowing. So Christ was not sedated, right? This was not delirium. He was very alert. And everything went exactly as planned. There was no changes. There were no changes. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, everything was lining up, everything was planned and thought through, Jesus, knowing this, he fulfilled the scriptures. It says all things. At first I did not see that. But then meditating on this verse and just going over and over, I thought all things. Is that maybe an expression in the Bible? Do we know more text with all things in there? Because they might shed light on this text, right? And I found quite a few of those texts in the Bible. With the word, all things. All things accomplished. Psalm 8. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All things are put under the feet of the Lord Jesus. His Father gave him the authority. And he put all things under his feet. See that the Lord Jesus in church. All things. The Lord has made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. All things are put under his feet, and all things in his hands, and all things are for himself. So the Lord Jesus is in line with all those verses. <clears throat> and remember... <clears throat> The disciples <coughs> complaining, <coughs> who can then be saved? If that rich young ruler cannot be saved, who can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God, all things, all things 
are possible. So think about that also for yourself. All things in his hand, all things in his feet, all things for himself, all things that are possible with him. All things. Yes, also in your situation, whatever it is, in your soul situation, all things are possible with him. He is God, He is Christ. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, that all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms, concerning me. All the things in the law of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms, concerning me. All things were made by him. And word of him was not anything made, it was made. And the Father loved the Son and has given all things into his hand. So all things in the hand of Christ. So that is the address. That's where you need to be. Not directly go to the Father. But the Father is all things laid in his hands. All things. So you need only to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is life. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, it's John 13, it's very close to our text. The most impressive text for me about all things, is Romans 8, verse 28. You can explain that text in, both, in two ways. The way it is and the, the opposite of it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them are the called according to his purpose. It's about God's providence, right? That all things for God's people work together, has machinery, has a plan. All things work together for good. To them that love God. But now I have a look at that same text again. All things work together for the death of Christ. All things work together to get Christ crucified. All things work together for Christ to die on the cross. All things work together for Christ to say it is finished. All things were to forget for the church. So Christ suffered for that reason. And Christ must also first for that reason.
But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not and who should betray him. So Christ knew all things. He knew who, 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 who betrayed him. He knew about Judas. He was not surprised. He was not surprised at all. He knew all things. And that is also true today. Boys, girls, young people. He knows all things. I don't know all things. You don't know all things. What if I would know everything about you? What if your parents would know everything? Everything about you. What if your teacher would know everything about you? So we know so little. And if we would know everything about one another, what a chaos, what a pain, what a hostility, how little it would be. But the Lord knows all things about you and about me. We cannot hide anything. We cannot put something in the carpet. He knows. After this, Jesus knowing that all things are now accomplished. He knows all things in his providence. And also rules all things. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, whom seek he? So the Lord Jesus entered into the garden, knowing all things that should come upon him. See that? Knowing all things. That is another word, another verse, very close to ours. Knowing all things that should come upon him. Went forth. So he goes according to that plan. Christ's work is meticulously organized. Christ was in church and he reigns in his sovereignty, all things. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they, who they were that believe not and who, who, who will betray him. So the Lord Jesus also knows if it is true with you. If you're not deceiving yourself. If you're not a betrayer. If you're not a Judas. He knows it. So do we also know those things? Not from one another, but we have to also examine our own hearts. Because he knows. I found a beautiful text in 1 Chronicles. A text I did not expect there. And thou, Solomon, my son, David speaking, thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father. Know him and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth our hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. 
If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. See, he is searching the heart, and he knows the mind. So he knows everything. Bring it to the Lord. Because maybe that scares you. But the Lord knows everything. And just pray about it. Young people, boys, girls, and say, Lord, I heard this morning that thou knowest everything. That it was always looking over my shoulder. It always rem- also remembers things, right? He does not forget. All things are on his mind. He knows all things. And bring them before the Lord and don't try to hide because you cannot hide anyway. The Lord, I, the Lord, serves the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doings. Lord Jesus knew all things. I read in Ezekiel 11, And the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and said unto me, Speak, thus saith the Lord, thus have ye said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. So even all things entering our minds are known by the Lord. He knows everything. He knows also your pain. He knows your secret sins. He knows what you're in need of. The Lord knows all things. Let's go to the second thought. Christ fulfilling the scriptures. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. The Scripture is about the Bible. All things accomplished. Yes, all the things mentioned in the Bible. You should make a list of things predicted in the Bible regarding the crucifixion of Christ. It's amazing how many texts in the Bible. Let me just limit myself a little bit. Let's give you some pointers. Is it not predicted that the Lord Jesus will be so thirsty in Psalm 22? He was going to fulfill the scriptures regarding being thirsty, right? Is there being thirsty in the Old Testament? Oh, yes. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and has brought me into the dust of death. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws, so my tongue feels like leather, can hardly move it anymore. It is cleaving to the roof of my mouth. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. So the Lord Jesus 
He's just going through the plan of God exactly as it was mentioned in Psalm 22. Also Psalm 69 is about the first. I'm weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. They gave me also gall for my meat. And at first, they give me vinegar to drink. It's amazing. If you don't believe the Bible, compare all those texts of the New Testament suffering with the Old Testament, you will see how exactly the Lord has fulfilled the, prophesy, the, the, the prophecies of the Old Testament. So the Lord Jesus was very close to the Bible. He knew the Bible from A to Z. He knew it completely. He knew it exactly. He knew it in the right context. He knew the right explanation. And it was all about him. And he wrote himself. He revealed himself in it. The scriptures after this, Jesus knowing that all things are now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, that was going to happen. And that was also his will. You know, some people are mighty in the, in, 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 in the scriptures, mighty in the word of God, like a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, and eloquent, mighty in the scriptures. So he knew to quote Bible texts, and he could find them, and could make made sense to him. He was mighty in the scriptures. But the Lord Jesus is mightier in the scriptures. Christ did not only know the Bible, he loved it, he obeyed it, he followed it as the plan of salvation. You read in Luke 4. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. So one of the first times the Lord Jesus was in Nazareth, in the synagogue of Nazareth, and that he preached the earth, and he gave him the scroll of Isaiah, and he read a piece. And then he said, this day is the, this scripture fulfilled in your ears. It is so often in the Bible that the law saith. It is so often in the Bible. Have you never read? There are at least 66 verses in the Bible, in the New Testament. The Lord Jesus referred to the Bible. 66 verses. So that's why Bible study is so important. And that's why on Sundays we have to explain the Bible and not entertain the people with something else. It is the Scriptures. For these things are done that the scripture should be fulfilled. The bone of him shall not be broken. 
And another scripture said, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And Paul, as his manner was, always, as his manner was, went in into the synagogue and three Sabbath days, three Sundays, three Sabbath days, he reasoned to them out of the scriptures. Oh, the men of Berea were more noble than they in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. See, that is a searching of the scriptures. And we should start earlier there. We used to start very early with teaching Bible to children. Because I read in 2 Timothy and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So since two years old or so, we begin to read the first Bible stories. As a child who has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So all things were accomplished. And the Lord Jesus continued after this, the next step, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Lord Jesus asked the Jews and said unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? Jesus said unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the bills rejected? And he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he had need and was a hundred? See? The Bible, the Bible, about 66 times. And fulfilled the scriptures 16 times only in Matthew. So how close are you to the earth of God? What does the Bible say to you? How dear is the Bible to you? How often do you read it with interest and with hunger to know the ways of the Lord? Because that is God's word, right? Let the word of God dwell in you richly in our wisdom. So let the word of Christ dwell in you. It's the word of Christ in the first place. It's his word. And he wants that word to, to, to dwell in you, to inhabit you, to be in you, 
so that you do not only read the Bible outside, but that you are part of it, you, you, that, you, you, that you are united with it. Oh, search the scriptures, man. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they, sh- and they are they which testify of me. Would you like to know the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself? You need to find the cradle. And the cradle is the word. The Bible is the cradle. And to find Christ, you need to open that Bible. It's important. So, boys, girls, do you have a Bible yourself? Maybe you did not get a Bible yet from scouts or from school, or maybe you could ask one for your birthday. Or just ask your grandfather for one. Because you need your own Bible. You need your own Bible. And, and begin to read it. Not only a children's Bible, but the, the real Bible. When you read it, ask yourself questions. And say, ask, what did this say about God? What did it say about me? What does it say about salvation? What is the warning? What is the invitation? And so, ask yourself the questions. Read the Bible. For example, begin with Psalms or with the Gospel. Go to Luke. But you have to read it and bow your knees and say, Lord, Thou revealest thyself in the word that the scripture may be fulfilled. May may I find him. May I find the child. May room be made in my heart for him. When the Lord converts a person, he does that through his word. Then Bible texts are jumping out and making a real impression upon him. Being born again is not something vague. Being born again is something that happens in your, your heart. It's, it's reality. And then the, the, you open the Bible. It becomes a power of God and to salvation. It humbles you it makes you hungry. You want more. You cry. I guarantee you. You cry. You long. You desire. You find. You see. You are glad. The Bible is doing something to you. Do you profess something? When? When did the Word of God begin to make such a deep impression? When? And where were you? 
Remember? You don't think God's people remember very, very well? When the Lord opened the scriptures, what did it say? What was the message? Was it a sermon? Was it a catechism lesson? Was it a piece you studied in school? What was it? It is the scriptures. And also parents and older ones, may our lives be saturated with the Bible. May the Bible dwell in us. And may we love it. And if you have no desire to read it, just read it. Yet read it. The, the, the child says, I'm not, not hungry today. I don't want to eat. You say, no, 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 no. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. And we have tricks and ways of getting those little mouths open. The child must eat. Force yourself to eat. To read. Don't be easy on yourself. It is so unhealthy to not eat on a regular basis. Open the word of God. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things are now accomplished, that the scripture may be fulfilled, saith, I first, our third father. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. For thou shalt be with me in paradise. But when behold thy son, behold thy mother, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? How those thou's and them's have disappeared now? We've only left I first. And in Greek is only one word. Dipso. Dipso. I first. The fifth word on the cross is very solemn and it's the only one that refers only to him. Our first was so real. The Lord had not anything to drink for at least 18 hours. He lost blood and sweat in the garden. He lost blood when he was whipped, scourged, he lost blood when they put the thorns on his head. He lost when he was crucified, lost blood. And this is real. And what had he done? Why? Why so thirsty, spiritually and also physically in his human nature? He, the, 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 the divine nature cannot thirst. The divine nature cannot be dissatisfied. The divine nature cannot suffer. But in his human nature, he suffered. And that's why he has come, right? Has come to suffer and to die. He had nothing done amiss. He had only done good. He had healed so many sick. He had compassion the multitudes. He warned and invited. He cried over Jerusalem. He meant so well. And now they're crucifying him. I first. 
So we think here of his true human nature, but also the meaning of that. He is the living water himself. In being so thirsty. He's so thirsty there is plenty of living water. And in order to give the living water, in order to quench the spirit of thirst, he had to be thirsty. That was prophesied. Now things had lined up. Now things had accomplished. And the vin- vinegar mingled with gall. He refused because he desired to feel it in it entirely. The full thirst in his body. Of course, Christ had also spiritual thirst. But then in the best sense, for example, that he had he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He has a desire for holiness and desire for closing with God. I read in this chapter that they use hyssop. Hyssop, that is remarkable. Did they not use hyssop in the Old Testament on the Day of Atonement to smear the blood on the doorpost? Used hyssop. was a stalk, the end of the stalk, little bushy, and that could absorb, absorb water and moisture and paint and blood. They used hyssop. And he also used hyssop maybe together with a sponge. And so using the stock of the, of the hyssop and they gave him to drink. There was a vessel of vinegar and they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon his, upon his hyssop and put it to his mouth. And Lord Jesus sucked it up with a mirror. He was so thirsty and he was drinking a little bit to have more strength to suffer more and to suffer until the end. That's why we read in Psalm 51, Purge me with his up and I shall be whiter and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than the snow. So we need to be washed and cleansed by that hyssop. This is also a fulfillment of what we have seen before. In Psalm 22, my strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaved to my jaws, and has brought me into the dust of death. Christ was fully human. He freely embraced the human nature, he wanted to, and he was willing to pay the price. In the last day, 
John 7.37 that's connected with this. In the last day of the feast, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, one of the squares in Jerusalem. He had also he saw a man preaching with a pitcher of water that was poured out on the pavement. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, I, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. I am not saying that everyone is thirsty for God. But I'm silly ask our people if they're thirsty for it. If any man thirst, let him come. Don't hinder him. Don't hinder yourself. If any man thirst, let him come unto me. The Lord Jesus said, and drink. Drinking is believing, right? The Lord Jesus ate and drank with publicans and sinners. He wanted himself to drink the cup of God's wrath. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he also said that he was willing to do that. If possible, it passed by, but not my will. But thy will be done. Congregation, young people, the time is coming that our lips dry up. Our tongue is thick. And that we cannot speak anymore. Do you know within 90 years or so, all of us have passed away. All of us. Nothing left. It's going to happen. And think of that time that you must depart. And then you're thirsty. Your body is aching and thirsty. And they put some water on, on your lips and a few drops of water in your mouth. But you have to leave this life. And what then? Do you then go unprepared? I remind you of the necessity of dying and also of the uncertainty of life and also remind yourself, don't you want to drink and be satisfied? Would you like to go to that place where there is no water? Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue if I'm tormented in this, this flame. Think about it, please. Consider what that will be like to be thirsty forever in soul and body. It'll be horrible. I thirst. We talk about I phones and I pet and I pot and I tunes and whatever I 
And they asked Steve Jobs, the founder, why do you call it I? My iPhones. And he said, one of the reasons is about individualism. Basically, it's all about you. It's all about you. And that's, that's, that's life. That, that, that's, that, that's the world. It's all about me. iTunes, iPad, iPad, it's all about me. But we have to be delivered from self. It is not about us. Although we have a costly, precious soul for eternity. And we need to seek him where I said, I first. What a difference between the world and him. Let us focus in closing on the last invitation. This is the fifth Bird on the cross. Let's have a look at the fifth last verse of the Bible. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever let them take the water of life. Freely. See that? This, this, this is how, how, how the Bible closes. Let him come. What else should I add to that? How firm, how trustworthy. Let him that is the first come. Whoso will let him take. The water of life freely. There's such a satisfaction in that. Such a gladness. It fills the heart. You're doing harm to yourself if your life is I, I, I. You will lose all of them and leave with nothing. And people of the Lord... You remember the time, right? When you were made thirsty. You remember the time that you were able to drink something. And maybe now it is a long time ago that you had a fresh sip of the water of life. How come? Oh, open that Bible again. Seek him again. And seek to be quenched. Your thirst be quenched with the Thirst of Christ. With the thirst of Christ can quench your thirst. Like the death of Christ can also be the death to death. After this, Jesus knowing that all things are now accomplished, that the scripture may be fulfilled, saith. I thirst. Amen.